Hi, it's Mary Ann. Spring weather is certainly unpredictable, but at Heiser, our prices aren't. Find the perfect vehicle on our lots, or we'll help you special order one. You'll get upfront pricing, no hidden market adjustment fees, and we have inventory under MSRP. Stop in or shop online at Heiser.com. At Heiser, today's your day. See dealer for complete details. At Pentecost, we realize how generous God is. Now we can share in a language of love what Jesus did on the cross for every person in the world. The gospel springs from the hearts of believers to touch others who have not yet seen, heard, or understood God's grace. Pastor Hector Hoppe shares a timely invitation this week on The Lutheran Hour. The Lutheran Hour, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WTMJ. Staples stores provide innovative products and services for small business, remote workers and learners, even teachers and parents. Explore more at your local Staples store. Grandview Homes will buy your home as is today. It doesn't matter what condition it's in. We'll give you a fair cash offer in 48 hours, and you have nothing to lose to try us out. With Grandview, you don't need to fix your home to sell it. Call or visit GrandviewHomes.com. Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Oh my goodness, it's Friday, the Friday Memorial Day weekend. So glad that you are with us. Sandy Max is here. So is Greg Matzik, Debbie Lazaga. She's going to keep on top of that top of that get-out-of-town traffic. And Adam Roberts is here as well. All right, let's get things rolling on this Friday. This is the 3 at 3 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Sandy, what's up first? Plans are now on track to rebuild a well-known Nepalese restaurant in Thienesville, thanks to a $250,000 boost from the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, it's called the Cheel. The Cheel was housed in a 130-year-old Queen Anne building right in the middle of Thienesville. It was kind of a big part of their downtown, and it was destroyed by fire in November of 2020. So the Cheel was awarded now money from the WEDC, like you said, $250,000 to rebuild. And the reconstruction plans there in Thienesville include an expanded dining room, a patio event space, area for live music. It's farm-to-table Nepalese cuisine, and it actually attracted people from throughout the Midwest. There aren't a lot of these sort of restaurants. The fire started on the second floor while the business was closed. Now it's going to uh, get going on the reconstruction effort and eventually open up. This is really cool news. Cool. Yeah, that was really heartbreaking when it was just so horrible to watch that destruction. Yeah. All right, what's next? Can you smell what Quick Trip is cooking? The gas station brand recently named the very best in the nation by USA Today four years in a row. Uh, they recently had a memorable interaction on Twitter with The Rock, or as he calls himself now, the Quick Trip King. Exactly. So here's what happened. <laughs> Quick Trip actually sent out a tweet, and they direct tagged Johnson in the tweet. And they said, please, 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 please respond. And they talked about the Rock Energy drink they, the drink they have, and they said, it rocks. Get it? It rocks. Well, he got it, because Dwayne The Rock Johnson actually responded back. He said, I've wrestled in every major city and small towns, too, in every state across our great country, driving every major highway, earning the name, he wrote, hashtag Quick Trip King. (laughs) He dubbed himself Quick Trip King. How cool is that for Quick Trip? And then he, of course, said, by the way, buy my energy drink. Sure. That's so fun. He's a savvy man. He's a savvy guy. That is really fun. All right, what's up next? Oh, something a lot of 
people are going to be excited about. More indoor pickleball courts coming to Milwaukee. So now all our area's great pickleball athletes like you, John, will have a place to play all year round. <laughs> I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain here. That was very nice what you just said. You said all our great athletes like you, John. Our producer, Adam, had written it this way. <laughs> All our area of pickleball athletes and you, John. <laughs> Sandy, I tell you, I said it a thousand times, you are the nicest person on the show. Absolutely, this is coming. I played pickleball with Greg today. Oh, we had fun. It was good. It was Greg's first time playing, and Never Greg is it. a very good athlete, so he picked it up. Did you win effortlessly? Uh, no, it was. Uh, you got It's a lot of nuance <laughs> to the game, so it was a mixed bag. Some wins, some losses, a lot of tears. It was fun. Are you finding it addictive now? Uh, yes, I can see why it's so popular. I know. Absolutely. I want to play every day. That's a lot of fun. This is the uh, fastest growing sport in the country. Yeah. I literally want to play every single day. And now that you're playing, I'm going to play more. And my paddle has a pickle on it. His paddle says, you're the big dill. <laughs> you're a big dill. Oh, it's got a pickle on it. Got a big pickle see on it. There? Yeah. Dad jokes to the rescue yeah. for Dwayne The Rock Johnson and now uh-huh. for the pickleball paddles. So the pickleball courts, this is a company that they're going to build this complex somewhere here. They haven't decided where yet. Could be downtown, could be in the suburbs. But here's the concept. They're going to build, they're gonna, they like to build in old malls or old strip malls where they can gut a big space. And then they build these courts and there's apps and you can rent the courts. You reserve them through an app. They're open to the public. They cost like maybe 10 or $15 an hour, very affordable. And you go and play pickleball, and they're state-of-the-art courts. They're called Pickle Malls. <laughs> and they've done this in Arizona already, and they're going to expand, they hope, across the nation with locations, and they hope more than 100 places. This could be pretty, pretty cool stuff. I get the impression it's going to stick around, like bowling leagues yeah. and volleyball leagues. I feel like pickleball leagues are here, and this certainly facilitates right. that. Yeah, It's as intense as you want it to be. Right, like you don't yeah. have you don't right you you don't have to sprint if you don't want to <laughs> a little lateral movements yeah. play with the partner it's a good time it's really really good time so glad you were there today it's three fourteen at WTMJ coming up next on WTMJ what should and should not be in your fridge yeah, that's right what should and should not be in your fridge you ever feel like you're doing life entirely wrong just every day <laughs> every day just something i like, know that my, my phrase that pays is it's always something because it is <laughs> whether you have kids you don't if you you're pets, a homeowner whatever right oh, yeah. it's, it's always it's something, always something. Uh-huh. so it's so every once in a while i read a story where i realize i'm just doing everything wrong everything that i'm doing is wrong i go to the grocery store i pick out the wrong food because eggs are suddenly not healthy anymore and then I put stuff in the fridge. And then I go get it, and I'm like, well, what happened to my garlic? It looks so beautiful sitting where it sat. So I've got this study and this research that says people are doing their refrigerator wrong. Really? Uh-oh. So I wanted to go through a bunch of different items and, and assess the panel here, John and Sandy. I'm already pretty hopeless in the kitchen. You're going to make me feel even worse, aren't you? <laughs> maybe you? Maybe you have understated brilliance in the kitchen. Maybe. And you don't even know it. Maybe. Okay. We, we might discover something. So I'm going to rattle off a food item. You tell me if you keep that food item in your fridge or if you don't keep it in the fridge. All right. And I'll give you kind of the lowdown and what the Almost experts like a game show. Saying. Okay. It's a little bit like a game show. I don't have any uh, prices Right music, but... Are there prizes? Uh, perhaps. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Let us let us begin here. Apples, John. No, no. not in, not in the fridge. Not in the fridge. No. Sandy. In a bowl on the counter. In a bowl on the counter. Yes. And that does not belong there. Yeah, it does not belong there. As in, in the fridge. <laughs> That's Jason Smith. You are doing it right. Okay. <laughs> Apples should be out of the cold. That can last a week or two at room temperature, but then they start to get mealy pretty quickly if you let them sit in the fridge. 
They also cause other fruits to ripen faster because of the natural gas that they emit. If you keep apples by a banana, I've heard oh. that. Look out, and all of a sudden, your your bananas are. How did that happen? I didn't know that. Brown. That's you, what I do. They're right now. I put mine right next to each other in the fruit bowl. Or if you put apple and a banana in a brown bag in the refrigerator, that's interesting. What, that's is, what, what does I that do? Science. Well, I must contain the little oh, it makes gases it that the right oh, it apple okay. contains the gases. Okay. Something that we're all <laughs> okay. trying to do with one another. Exactly. All right, here we okay, go. Okay, so we call that the afternoon show. Out of the fridge. You guys are one for one. You've heard the saying "cool as a cucumber." Hmm. Yes, yes. or no? In or yes. out? In. 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 In the little drawer and everything. You're not doing it right. <gasps> Cucumbers do Cucumber. not do what? well when they're left in the fridge. They can quickly become waterlogged and lose their flavor. What? I would argue that they don't have a lot of flavor anyway. Right, and I want it crisp. I feel like it needs to stay in the fridge. Okay. And but, when, but once you start cutting it. Right, which I do also. I yeah, cut, so I like then the we English wrap cucumbers, up. and we only cut no, like pip, half pip of it. Cheerio. Yeah, but, <laughs> but now, as you're going through this, think about where you buy these items True. at the grocery okay. store. Are cucumbers sprinkled with uh, that mist, or are they just sort of out in the open? They're usually just cut out in the open. Yeah. In a bin. True. Depending where you shop. All right. All right, here we go. What else? Number three. You guys are one for one. Ketchup. In the fridge or out of the fridge? In right, the fridge. Right in the door. Yeah, I get it out of the fridge. Now think about this. You've been to restaurants, right? Sure. Don't you notice they leave the ketchup and mustard in that little thing in the center of the table all day long and nobody worries it's about true, it? true, they do. I, I would swear sealed, to right? you, though, I'm a rule follower, I would swear to you that it says keep refrigerated after opening somewhere on yes. that label. Contrary yes. to popular belief, ketchup doesn't actually need to be stored in the fridge even after the bottle is open. Even if it's labeled oh, that way. That's why all those diners just leave glass bottles of Heinz ketchup out on the tables for hours at and a time. And they do. That's true. It's chock full of preservatives is what they okay. say, so it's really not going to go bad if you leave it out i'm still gonna leave it in is that okay that's up to you okay <laughs> why well, otherwise your pantry's gonna get like wrecked too with all this True. stuff too right yeah how about garlic no hmm. garlic out i keep garlic in the pantry you do i do yeah we keep it near the potatoes if i don't know if I, I do too and the onions <laughs> any flavor yeah. bleed no i don't think so dad where's your garlic uh it is out it is out yes Garlic is another food item that does not need to be stored in the okay. fridge. If you keep it in the fridge, you get that rubbery texture to it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a little green thing sprouts out of it. You're yeah. like, am I growing garlic and didn't even know it? Yeah. You don't want to okay, be Okay, so that. those are full cloves, right? You're not talking about the minced ones in the little tiny jar? Uh, exactly. That you should keep in okay. the fridge. <laughs> okay. okay. Right, yeah, we've I already gone over mustard. We have gone over onions. No, no, we didn't talk about mustard. Is we, mustard the same as ketchup? Well, I said ketchup and mustard, so oh, yeah, same, okay. same thing, so same, same thing. thing, same idea. But I think also, don't you prefer, like, the cool sensation of your condiment? It depends on the condiments. No, not necessarily. Mm. Like, I do the cucumber. I don't want the cucumber to be room temperature. I can't get past the cucumber. <laughs> but it uh, is when you buy it. I, it. It is, but I never take it home and use it right away. Okay. To me, like, the lettuce and the cucumber should be crisp. I kind of like the condiment. I like the idea of it being room temperature. They were they are saying the cucumber will taste more crisp okay. if you leave it out because right. it won't become water. I'm going to try Sounds that. Sounds like an experiment okay. this weekend, Jim. All right, here we go. Soy sauce. <laughs> in. That's it's in. opened. It opened in. No. That's right, in the cabinet in. in my house. All right. There is a, a place right next to us here. They, they yeah. serve ramen and sushi. Yeah. And their soy sauce sits outside all day long. Okay. Not in the pack. It's in the little dealy bopper, like the little, yeah. little bottle, yeah. small little teapot kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Keeping soy sauce for longer than a year and a half might change the flavor of the sauce a little bit, uh, but it should still be good to eat. Don't put it in the fridge. It lives just fine in the pantry for up to a year and a half. It's fermented. The fermentation process 
both makes the sauce delicious and allows it to stay fresher longer. So like ketchup and mustard. Keep like it ketchup out. and mustard. I'll Chocolate. Oh, wait, I will tell oh. you what happens to soy sauce, though, if you don't use it. That, have you ever tried to get the cap off of yeah. the soy sauce? Oh, Holy! Yeah. Hot water or a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> now, our new bottle so for $1.99. So use your soy sauce regularly or that thing cements. So I am serious chocolate guy. Serious. Oh, yeah. And I have a drawer in the fridge where I keep some, and I have a toolbox in the pantry full of chocolate. So I go... A toolbox? I go both. And some chocolate, I like, to, I like that cool, crisp taste. Like a Charleston Chew? That was one we used to yep. freeze when we were growing up. Yep. That? Reese, I like Reese's peanut butter cups in the fridge. Okay. I like how the chocolate gets a little firm. Sandy? Chocolate? I think no. I think it's supposed to be in a cool, dark place, but not in a refrigerator. supposed to be in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that was right. a trick question. Uh, I know a lot of people absolutely love cold chocolate, but the ideal temp for chocolate is actually between 65 and 68 degrees, which is much warmer than the average okay. fridge. It's more of a room temperature yep. sort of thing, I get ideally. It. Again, not critical, but ideally, you enjoy that chocolate whatever way you want to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I always is how I enjoy it. Girl, and uh, Girl Scout Thin Mints in the freezer. There you go. Those are all oh, yeah. tasty. Yeah, yeah you call. do you on yeah. that. Uh, sure. Finally, citrus. Oranges are in that fruit drawer. I keep Oranges, them, grapefruit, lemons, I, limes. I keep them out. Uh, well, I, I should say, like in my fruit bowl, right now we have a lemon, two limes, and a couple oranges. But then I also keep them in the fridge. If I want them to stay longer, I feel like they go in the fridge. So I do... Both, but mostly Little out. cuties stay out in a bowl. Yeah. What'd you call me? A little. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Typically, a ripe fruit is a sweet fruit, which means that fruit that's kept at room temperature will ripen faster and develop more sweetness. Citrus fruit can be rather sour if it's not given enough yeah. time or space to ripen. So keep fruits like oranges, grapefruits, lemons, and limes out of the fridge. All right. If you absolutely love cold oranges, store them outside of the fridge, but pop them into the fridge an hour or two before you want them. Very interesting. I, I find that oranges are hard to peel if you leave them in the fridge too much, yeah. if it's a, a tight orange, but yeah, there you go. This was fun stuff. So maybe you're doing it all wrong. Maybe you're a hybrid. I feel like you guys are kind of 50-50 <laughs> on this. Nice I'm, I'm not as hopeless in the kitchen as we thought. We got That's food right. on the brain, and we're going to have chefs in later. 4.15? Yeah. This is going to be fun. A to Z dinner. Stick around for that. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. So glad that you are spending part of your Memorial Day Friday with us. For a lot of folks, they're going to get out of here today and have a long weekend and all of that stuff. Um, I have an interesting story I want to share with you. I think we're going to try to check in with our friend Dick Nipinski from EAA coming up first. Then I'm going to tell you the story of David Riley before we get you to 4 o'clock. Kind of a reminder of what Memorial Day is all about, why we commemorate Memorial Day. I think Jeff Wagner made a very interesting point. I don't mind saying celebrate Memorial Day because I think we celebrate those folks, those men and women that made the ultimate sacrifice. But celebrate is kind of a strange word when you're talking about people who have passed away, but whether you just want to use the word celebrate or commemorate, either of those words is okay. But make sure when you're having those hot dogs and playing that volleyball or bocce ball that you take a couple of minutes to also think about the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice. All right. David Riley's story coming up in just a couple of minutes. First, our friend Dick Nipinski. He is the Director of Communications at EAA Air Venture. He is with us. Hello, Dick. Good afternoon. It's a great day for flying today. Man, it is. I, I love when you say that. It makes me happy every single time. So exciting week. Some new aircraft have been confirmed. I want to ask you about a couple of these in particular. 
I want to start with the C-123, the Thunder Pig. Great name. Tell us about the Thunder Pig. (laughs) Isn't that one of the greatest names of an airplane ever? And if you look (laughs) at it, you know, usually the servicemen kind of dubbed what those airplanes would be. You know, the the companies came out with official nicknames of them and every so. But, uh, you know, this one served, oh, from the late 1950s to the mid-1970s. And it was the troops, the active military folks that said, yeah, that's a Thunder Pig right there. It's actually a C, uh, Fairchild C-123 provider, and it worked from the late 50s through the mid-70s. And the great thing about this airplane was it could use a lot of short fields, unimproved fields that were kind of gravelly and rough and so forth to bring in supplies. So it was a cargo aircraft. And it's been resurrected from what's called the Boneyard out in Tucson, Arizona, and was taken to Pennsylvania. And volunteers there put a lot of time and effort in to get it back flying. It's the only known example of this airplane that's flying. It's a rare aircraft that honors the era that's going to be a big part of our uh, Vietnam Remembered 50 Years Later celebration that we're going to have. And it's coming to Oshkosh. And so we're looking forward to having it back. And, uh, yeah, people can come and see an airplane called the Thunder Pig. That is so, so (laughs) cool. Dick, how hard is it? to get these different vintage or specialty aircraft. You guys must make lots of asks every year. I know the pilots and owners like to come to EA Air Venture because it's such a big deal. But what's the process like to try to land this really cool stuff? It really is a combination in a lot of ways. Uh, A lot of times the aircraft owners come to us because they know that they will get eyeballs on this. Sometimes they'll find uh, sponsorship or foundations or grants while they're here. So they're very interested in coming because they're airplane geeks too, and they want to bring the airplane to where all the airplanes are. Uh, Other times we'll hear about an airplane that's out there undergoing restoration or maybe one of a kind, and we'll ask, what does it take to get the airplane here? And a lot of times they'll say, you know, like any airplanes, how do airplanes stay up in the air? Well, it's money. And so that's the way it works. And, uh, you know, we connect them with people who might be able to sponsor an airplane to come here um, in that way. Or you know, they'll get some grants or things like that uh, to show this piece of flying history to come. So it is a process that takes a lot of ups and downs and avenues and streets to get an airplane from an idea actually on the the ramp here at Oshkosh. Dick, EAA Air Venture is a wonderful way to experience all these historic aircraft, but you've also got a new announcement about a NASA aircraft that's going to be at EAA this summer. Yeah, this is kind of a historic aircraft as well, but uh, NASA is participating in EAA Full Tilt. We're going to have more coming from them very soon about what's coming here. But one airplane that was last year in 2000, which is a lot of fun, and it's got a great name too, it's called the Super Guppy. (laughs) <laughs> and what the Super Guppy is, is, uh, yeah, it's great how these airplanes end up with names <laughs> like this, uh, that uh, the Super Guppy is your basic KC-97 uh, airframe, which is a basic um, military refueler type airplane, except it looks like they blew up the balloon too big, and it looks kind of like a light bulb when you look at it from the front, <laughs> uh, because it's oversized, and the front, the, the entire cockpit nose swings open, to this gigantic cargo space, which is about 25 feet in diameter and about 110 feet long. And they used it to take parts of um, Apollo rockets and later space shuttle parts and things like that from one part of the country to the other. And 
it is a, a really weird-looking airplane. If anybody wants to look it up, just go to Google or Bing or wherever and type in Super Guppy NASA, and you will see it. And it is coming here, and so it's going to be on the ramp as well for several days, and people can watch the nose swing open and look inside, and NASA has promised us some uh, sweet things to look at once that nose opens, too. So we're Ooh, looking forward cool. to that as well. So. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, I, I always say if it has flown, is flying, or will fly, it's going to show up at Oshkosh at some time for AirVenture. So coming in late July, we're going to have all those airplanes on the ramp at one time or another, and it'll be a, a great deal of fun. And I, I tell you, things like that are great photo backgrounds. People mm-hmm. stand in front of them and said, I stood in front of the Super Guppy. And um, so it's, <laughs> it's fun. We're looking forward to it. And now just 60 days out, 58 days out from opening day, uh, these kind of things get confirmed. And we're going to have more and Excellent. more of that over the coming weeks. That's right. If you'd like to get tickets, you can do it right now. I suggest you go on there, lock them down, eaa.org. It's July 24th to July 30th, one of the great parts of our summer, eaa.org. Dick Napinski is the Director of Communications for EAA. Dick, thank you so much for being with us. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. You too. Always a pleasure. Stay safe, everybody. A Wisconsin sailor who was killed at Pearl Harbor and never found, been found, has now been identified. And after more than 80 years, he's coming home to be buried this Memorial Day. Here's the story of David Riley. As the waves rolled in, December 7, 1941, began quiet and beautiful at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. A cherished son from Wisconsin was there. 25-year-old David Riley from Judah in central Wisconsin was a radio man on the battleship Oklahoma. Deb Krauss-Smith is a distant cousin. For them, I think it was an ordinary day. Um, the, there were ships that were um, moored there at Pearl Harbor. They were, some of them were not on the ship. Um, they were uh, on shore. Some of them had families there. It was a Sunday. It was, a, from what I understand, a beautiful Sunday morning. The day quickly turned to anything but ordinary. The USS Oklahoma was torpedoed, and the ship actually, within 12 minutes, capsized. And so there were people who were able to get off the ship, but some were trapped inside. Um, From what I've read, the ship turned almost, well, it did turn upside down, and so um, the people left inside were even disoriented because up was down and down was up. And... Uh, There were some men who were able to to get out, but most of them that were left on the ship did not. Many, including Riley, were trapped for days as the massive ship became a steel tomb. David was one of them. And I'm, you know, I kind of think like, you know, why did he have to be one of the 429? More than 400 sailors died and hundreds of men couldn't be identified. They were buried at the Punchbowl National Cemetery of the Pacific in massive caskets. The men were there for almost 75 years before being exhumed in 2015 because of advances in DNA testing technology. Initially, one of the caskets they opened, they thought would be, you know, four or five, the remains of four or five sailors. And it turned out there was over 100 sailors in one casket. Riley was identified, and Deb Krause-Smith is now hopeful he and his family can now finally rest. The sad part for me is that um, when he went to the Navy, I think he was just starting to find himself. 
because one of the last letters that he sent home before Pearl Harbor was that he was starting to realize the seriousness of life and that he had missed opportunities along the way, and he intended to make that right when he was done with his service. But he never got that opportunity. And in quiet Judah, Wisconsin, population 400, David Riley is coming home. I'm just happy. I, I think it's wonderful. And I, I'm glad that there's going to be some closure to this whole story. On this Memorial Day weekend, it's a goodbye, 81 years in the making. It's a wonderful feeling. And it's not so much for family members, but for the community. John Merck here, WTMJ News. It's hard to believe. When you stop and think about it, first off, I find it hard to believe that Pearl Harbor was more than 80 years ago because it's still talked about in popular culture, the movies, the memories. There are still World War II veterans around the USS Oklahoma where David Riley died. There's one person still left from the USS Oklahoma that survived. There's one person left. History is slipping away. So on a weekend like this, when you're at the grill, and when you're having a cocktail, and when you're hanging out, that's good. I'm going to do all of that, too. Make sure that you just think about folks like David Riley, that you think about the guys, the parade I go to is in Menominee Falls, that are still walking. There are Pearl Harbor survivors that still are in the parade every year in Menominee Falls. Think about those guys. And then think about how you can make a difference for those that are still alive, whether it's volunteering and there are a lot of opportunities this weekend. There are fundraisers for a lot of good veteran charities. Sign up your Vietnam guy to go on an honor flight. Spend time at Operation Finally Home. Fisher House does a lot of really great work. The charities go on and on and on. The USO I admire so much. Just spend a little, a little bit of time thinking about those people. I mean, David Riley was 25 years old, was just figuring out his life. And he was an older guy for Pearl Harbor. A lot of these guys were in their teens still. 2021. So I find myself on Memorial Day weekend thinking about folks like David Riley. And My grandpa was at Pearl Harbor and survived, but thinking about those wow. kind of guys. I wasn't aware of that story. Yeah, his ship got bombed. He was on the USS Honolulu. Ship got bombed at Pearl Harbor. But, My goodness. But he survived. But see, these are stories, as I'm getting to know you, I would love to ask you more about that sometime and, and spotlight your grandfather. And I do think it's as simple as social media. You will see a lot of people posting proud photos of people who passed on in the military and their own families. Take that opportunity to ask them more questions about their family members. They want to share those stories and keep those memories alive and, and their service and their sacrifice and yeah. find out in your own family. You know, it's, uh, it's real fashionable for teenagers to not want to have to put up with the older folks, but those are memories you will treasure forever if you spend half an hour asking somebody about their life. You're right. And those experiences. That's a very good point.